Welcome to Wild and Exposed. Your number one adventure, nature, and outdoor photography podcast. Wild and Exposed is hosted by Michael Morrow, Ron Hayes, and Jason Lopez. Thanks for tuning in. Um, today we've got a little bit different guest, um, not what on our typical guests, but I think you'll see how it, it's relevant here after we get going. So Joe Pilcher, artist, where are you based at, Joel? I, uh, I'm about 30 minutes west of Salt Lake City, Utah. A little, little town, little town called Erda. Well, it's used to be a little town. It's growing fast. <laughs> I was reading your bio on your website, and it said that you started out as a graphic artist, and right, and then you, well, you've actually been involved with starting a couple of companies. Now you've gone almost 100. percent Well, I guess you do a lot of digital work still too, right? But yeah. fine art stuff. Yeah. yeah. Give us a little background on that. Yeah. So I, I mean, I grew up working construction. My dad was a general contractor, so I worked construction. Before it was legal, you know, before I was old enough <laughs> to really to really work. Child I think labor I, laws. I think I was eleven or twelve when my dad started taking me out on the on the job site and started working full eight hour days, which I don't regret. It was tough, you know, it was a tough childhood, but I really appreciated everything I learned from it. But I, I worked construction with him until just after I got married. So I was about twenty two or twenty three when I decided I wanted to chase my dream of of being a, a professional artist. Um, got got tired of pounding nails and packing forms and decided I wanted to go to do what I really wanted to do. So I got my first job in, as an artist working for a company called Del Sol. And they do the color change t-shirts. You know, you walk out in the sun and the UV rays hit the shirt and it lights up all the colors, changes all the colors, different colors on the shirt. So that was my first job. I started there as a graphic designer doing t-shirt designs for them. I worked for them for a couple years. And then saw opportunity to move out on my own and do contract work. So I, I did that. I started just doing freelance and contract work as a graphic designer. Um, did a lot of illustration work. Part of my dream, part of what I wanted, to, my, my goal as an artist, some of my first clients were in the, the hunting industry. And so I got to, you know, I always wanted to draw deer and elk for a living. Um, my dream was to do it more on the fine art side with painting and charcoal but at that time, it's just digital is, you know, the graphics is where it, where it happened for me, where things worked out. And so that's, that's where I went. So I, I got to at least fulfill part of my dream right there in the, from the beginning, uh, went on my own as a freelance artist, started working in the hunting industry. And one thing led to another, um, got a lot of contacts in the hunting industry, um, worked with a lot of different companies, doing a lot of design, logo design and uh, graphic apparel. Uh, marketing collateral, all that kind of stuff. Ended up starting a a marketing firm, marketing and design firm with a couple other guys. And I was Jordan Casey Harbertson that I started the design firm with. And then we met uh, Trevor Farns, who was in, in the supplement industry, doing nutritional supplements. And we combined those two, the marketing design with the supplements and created Mountain Ops. So that was a, that was a really cool experience for me. I learned a lot from, from that uh, branding, marketing, social media, marketing, all that kind of stuff. And did that for a few years and then, and then went back on my own again. And that's when I saw a real opportunity to market the fine art side of my, my work through social media. And that's kind of brought me to where I'm at now, using uh, social media and selling my artwork online. And I still do a lot of digital work, work for a lot of different clients, doing digital illustration, still doing t-shirt designs and 
all that kind of stuff. My my ultimate goal is to move more towards the fine art side of it, make that a major you know major part of of my work. But I think I'll always do digital stuff just because I really enjoy it. So that's kind of me, you know, my background in a How nutshell. How old were you when you first <laughs> figured out that you had this talent? Were you, you know, four, five, six when you figured out, hey, I can actually draw? Or was it later on in life where you're like, man, I, I kind of have a thing for this? Yeah, I always enjoyed drawing. I, when I was a kid, I, was, I, I would get frustrated like, like most people where I had this image in my head and I just couldn't, I couldn't get it to translate onto paper. And I got really frustrated with it, but I felt like I, I had a strong desire to do it. I think my mom recognized that. I remember she went and bought me a uh, He-Man tracing book. So that's I just started tracing. And I think that helped me kind of train train my hand to work through what I saw in my mind and, and make it more realistic. And that, that's where that kind of started. But I, I remember in, in elementary school, I did this picture. Of my I did my name with some with the volcano coming up behind it and some dinosaurs around it and all these kids thought it was so cool they're like can you do one of my name and so i started doing I, I think i was charging a quarter a piece or something like that <laughs> so i was making some you know some some change buy some candy with and stuff like that but i dropped their name and then do some whatever design they wanted behind it but yeah so it's, it started early on uh, i was fortunate enough to have support from my parents and to keep me going at it and keep working at it and turn it into something I heard a lot of discouraging words as well, but, you know, it's a lot of people. I, I, don't, I can't tell you how many times I heard, oh, that's cool that you can draw. Too bad you can't make a living at it. <laughs> yeah. I heard that over and over again, but I was fortunate to have my parents. They always just told me, if you think you can do it and you want to do it, go for it. And they did what they could to support me. So it was, it was fortunate. I'm so envious. I mean, cause you see somebody that can draw. That's why I'm a photographer, right? Cause I would love to be able to do what you do, but I can't, I mean, I sit here and doodle all day and it just, they look pathetic. I mean, it just doesn't ever come to fruition, but the, um, the ability to well, go, do that, go, go get you a he-man <laughs> Oh man. Gotta start never, somewhere. I look at it's your stuff and I'm thinking there's just no way. I mean, I can take a pretty picture, but take doing what like that bison is behind you is amazing. It's just it. It's a, just a, such a talent. It's pretty cool. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate that. It's never too late. Go get that He-Man tracing book. Let's get going. <laughs> you know who He-Man is, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> it's aging Joel and I for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Masters of the universe. He-Man, Skeletor, Beast Man, Trap Joel. I was always the bad guy. My my <laughs> older brother, he got all the good guys action figures. I got all the bad guys. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah I, awesome. I still got a few of those hanging around I think well you know that whole story of uh, you'll never make it as an artist or yeah, that's great now figure out something else to do I think that's a lot of the photography world too because either you don't know that you can make it or it is very competitive and you have to be very good in order to to make it but if you're persistent and you want it bad enough I think you can you, you know you obviously have the talent I think you can do pretty well. 90% of the game is just being persistent, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it, it hasn't been easy. I mean, the, the background that I gave you, I, I summarized a lot of that. I actually left the art industry for a while and went back to, because working for my dad, when I got older, I was doing, I wasn't always digging ditches. I got to where I was doing project management for him. And 
And then I went and, and did artwork and it got, you know, times got tough and I went back and found, actually found a job as a project manager for an IT company for a while, but ended up coming back to artwork and I've, I've just always come back to it because it hasn't been easy. It's, you know, I've, we've struggled sure. and especially, especially before uh, the digital media was there, online, you know, online sales websites and uh, social media marketing before that all came to fruition and turned into a, you know the the tool that it is for for marketing for an artist before all that happened it was it was crazy difficult um, I, I attempted it a few times to do the fine art had to give it up right. it's just too hard to gain the exposure you need to sell the artwork right yeah because you got to get in shows or you got to have your own gallery I mean there's all these obstacles along the way and it's as a budding artist, as far as not as talent, but as far as just business acumen and funding and all that kind of stuff, how do you go over all these obstacles to just even get your work seen at that time? But with digital, I can totally see where it, it opens the door. Yeah. And there's more, more and more artists are coming around to it. I, I was fortunate to start out on the digital side and, and get a lot of, you know, learn a lot of marketing and, you know, messaging and that, that kind of stuff. And even, I mean, even web design and creation, I was fortunate from, you know, my background in the digital marketing side of things to be able to utilize those skills to market my artwork. And there's a lot, a lot of artists that don't have that background. You know, they're, 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 you know, they're artists. That's what they've always been, always wanted to be. And some of them are extremely talented. And now they're, I, I see a lot of them. I follow a lot of them on Instagram that I'm just, blown away with their abilities and now i'm starting to see them especially with the current situation with COVID 19 and uh, a lot of galleries shutting down and kind of the, the old way of doing things and marketing artwork it's you know struggling so these artists now i see them kind of coming over to i, I call it the dark side coming over to the dark side <laughs> direct direct to consumer it's kind of forcing some of them that have been stubborn to move that direction and and I hope you know. I hope they can find find the success that is there because it's it's incredible. In my opinion, there's never been a better time to be an artist or or photographer. You know, work in the creative side of things because now there's just that platform of social media to gain so much exposure for your work where that just wasn't there before. You were dependent on galleries or on agents to you know there there was that gatekeeper there. That right, right. Decide decide whether your work was worthy enough for the public to see it or not. Yeah. Speaking of COVID, I mean, how, maybe talk a little bit about how that's impacted you and what maybe you thought might have come from it so far and maybe how things are going. Yeah. It's for us, it's going better than we expected. The first, uh, well, it was, it was really interesting. I, I, you know, there's, there's from the, I think it's from the revolutionary war. There's the shot heard around the world, you know, that, that first gunshot that everything kind of ties back to, for me, it seems like the the cancellation of the jazz game was kind of that that pivotal moment <laughs> for COVID nineteen. I remember I was headed out of town. I was headed down to southeastern Utah. I was actually taking my bike down there to do a mountain bike ride, and I was going along with a whole bunch of jeeps and UTVs on this off road trip. It was a sixty about a sixty five mile trip on this road that the the settlers, the pioneers, traveled on when they came here to settle Utah. And we were following along that path. But anyway, we were driving down there. And it was when I remember it was Wednesday night when we heard on the news that they canceled the jazz game. And we're like, what in the world is going on? 
you know, because we'd heard a little bit about the virus, but I like to keep my, you know, head stuck in the sand for the most part. I find life's a lot more enjoyable that way if I don't pay attention <laughs> to all the talking heads out there on the, all the news channels and everything. So we went out of town off grid right after that. You know, we got down there late Thursday night or Wednesday night and Thursday morning. We didn't have any reception and we had, it was a little bit spotty, but really we didn't know what was going on until we came back uh, Saturday night. And then by that time, like the whole world had changed, you know, it was, it was crazy, but I was scared. I was worried because I, I, I have no, uh, and I think I talked to you about this a little bit, Jason, but yeah. I have no illusions about the position I'm in as an artist. I know that artwork is going to drop far down the list of priorities when people are hurting financially and they got to take care of the necessities first. That artwork's going to come, you know, on the low end of priorities. So I was scared. And for the first uh, two, two and a half weeks, my phone was almost silent, just crickets. You know, where usually it's I'm getting messages all the time through social media or email or phone calls. People wanting work done, both on the fine art and the digital art side, and it was just silence. So I, I was worried. <laughs> it scared me. But I don't know. I guess I, I, I think people, maybe people decided, well, after a couple of weeks, they're like, well, we got to, you know, life's got to go on. And things picked up again. You know, it's not like it was, but before that, that pivotal moment, I mean, before that, I was, I was so buried with work that, you know, it's, <laughs> I hate to say that it's a little bit of a relief, but, you know, I'm not, I'm not booked out nearly as far as I used to be. I, I've been telling people that for, for me too. This is, I mean, while you don't have a lot of income, just the release and just the little bit of, breathing space is kind of nice and it gives you a chance to get caught up on other things that you've been putting off and it you know it's almost like a reset yeah you know it's just going to depend on how long this thing goes and you know is it going to come back is it something i'm sure it's something we're going to live with for the rest of our lives as far as something like that's going to be around but hopefully they can get a handle on it and we can return to somewhat of some normalcy but i do think it's going to change the way a lot of things are done right you know, it's like you're saying with all the social media and if a gallery is actually closing, you know, galleries are cool. I mean, that was always my big dream is to have a gallery where I could display really awesome, big, huge prints and sell them for lots of money and, you know, live that cool <laughs> lifestyle. But that's such a pipe dream, right? The cool thing about a gallery is when you walk in, it is pretty awe-inspiring to see a great big print. And just to see what it really could be in it. And when you're trying to show that on a phone, it's a little difficult. But I think it's going to move in that direction. I mean, everybody's so used to picking up these dang little devices that I think you can look at that and say, yeah, that would look good at 40 by 60 or that would look good <laughs> at 72 inches or whatever. So I, I don't know. What do you think about that? Uh, yeah, I mean, that's a whole whole topic on its own. Honestly, I was this close to opening a gallery this first or second quarter is when I wanted to do it. I wanted to open my own space because... What I found is I, I can sell prints online, but the original I've got my originals are just stacking up around me because I charge so much more for those. And like you said, for a person to see, you know, a little tiny image on their phone and say, I'm gonna I'm gonna spend three, four, five thousand dollars for that. I don't I'm I just can't I can't drop that kind of money on something I can't touch and feel or at least see in person. Right. And so my thought was to open a small space where I could just show some of my stuff. Because when any anytime I do a show. I sell originals. If I'm not doing shows, the originals just don't move as, as much. So I thought, you know, maybe that's the answer. Open a small space of my own, you know, showcase my originals there. 
And I was so close to pulling the trigger. Now I'm so glad I did. <laughs> right. I know a guy that did. You know, he well, he had it all lined up. He was about to do his grand opening. Just it was scheduled for a week after everything started shutting down, and he just he had to cancel all his plans and shut everything down. Yeah, I don't know. It, I'm I'm sure galleries were all will always be around for that reason because that those originals, you know, just seen in person, it can always uh, just bring such a higher you know, dollar number and value for those pieces when, when somebody can see it in person. I'm, like I said, I've experienced that at, at trade shows, and, you know, art shows and stuff. It's just tough to, tough to get that high price online, but occasionally right. I'll, I'll move one. So yeah, it'll be, yeah. it'll be interesting to see, see what happens. What's the inspiration for what you draw? Do you go out and spend time in the, in nature? Like you're not close to Yellowstone, but it's not that far. I mean, you can go out there and observe stuff. Do you work from like, I know you guys have a project going on together. So obviously there's some synergy there. What's your favorite way to work? I mean, can you work from your mind and just say, you know, I just saw this pose or do you, are you a photographer yourself where you go out and take pictures, just like reference stuff and then use that to get to where you're going? To do, to do the work that I do with the, the realism and the, the you know, the, more of the photographic look, I, I use reference for everything. I just, and as far as I know, all the artists I know, they use reference as well in, in some, you know, shape or form. They use reference. There's very few that I know of, and most of them don't do the realistic type, you know, style of, of work that, that don't use references. There, there's a few, there's a few outliers, a few um, artists out there that just are insane and possibly they may even possibly be mutants or something, and that's their mutant <laughs> ability is to be able to draw draw something that looks realistic from just from their head, from their imagination, and from the memory. But yeah, for me, I, I use reference for everything. Um, sometimes I'll work from just a single image. Other times I'll. I'll have multiple images in front of me. Sometimes I'll use Photoshop and I'll, I'll, you know, paste different things together and Photoshop them together to get just the pose I want or just the lighting I want or whatever. So it, it all depends on, on the project, on the job, and, and what I'm doing and the, the outcome I'm looking for. But yeah, I definitely use reference for everything. And sometimes I, I'm not a photographer. I've tried, but I'm, <laughs> I'm just... I can't. I can't do what you guys do. That's why. I, that's why I've enjoyed so much working with the with the wildlife photographers that I have because it it uh, makes a job. My it makes my job easier and and more enjoyable as well to take something that a creative an artist you know like like the projects I've worked on with Jason something that he's already put the time and work into to make it cool and then take it and do my own interpretation of it and it just it's it's been great i feel like it has i hope jason feels the same but <laughs> oh absolutely absolutely <laughs> but it's been great and then another advantage that i found in that is um something I, i've said about social media is that collaboration is king and if you can collaborate on social media and work together you know and make it mutually beneficial then it's just it's better for her i mean that's from what i found that's one of the best ways to grow an audience and grow a page is through collaboration so I got a bunch of questions on that mutually beneficial thing. But before we do that, since you guys are talking about that project, maybe Jason just kind of line out that project and maybe you guys can discuss what you guys, if if it's ready for prime time. I don't know. I don't want to jump the gun and maybe you guys don't want to talk about it quite yet, but maybe you could just even give a little snapshot into what's going on. 
Yeah, so first I'll just say sometimes it's a little frustrating when Joel will take one of my photos that I think is pretty cool, and then he draws it and makes it even cooler. So <laughs> that, can, that can be a little bit disheartening, but no. <laughs> I, just make no. It, I, just, I just make it a different kind of cool. <laughs> That's true, but no, your work's incredible, man, and I actually really do enjoy working with you. But um, no, I think you know maybe I'll even let Joel talk a little bit more about it because it really was his idea. Um, I will kind of just maybe preface it with, you know, it was his idea and we went and spent, uh, what was it? Three, four days in Yellowstone national park, um, together. And, uh, it was yeah. myself and Joel and my daughter. And, uh, she just tagged along for the fun and was helping us with some stuff. But, um, but yeah, I mean, maybe Joel, I'll just let you talk about, it. I don't want to steal your thunder. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So I had a lot of people ask me to do a YouTube channel. And I just haven't, uh, just haven't felt it, you know. I just have, and I, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying, I'm trying to find the motivation to put together, you know. And I'm, I'm doing a little bit more of it now, you know, showing some of the processes that I do with my artwork. And I, I plan to do a lot of that, you know, just short, shorter, quicker videos on that. But I really wanted to tell, I wanted to find a way to tell more of a story, and, you know, cover the complete creation of a piece and you know part of that with with artwork like artwork like mine where i'm using reference images part of you know to complete that creation i got to show the beginning of it so that's where i thought you know i had this idea you know i'm going to talk to jason because i worked with jason on on quite a few projects use his images for reference on quite a few uh, pieces i thought let me let me talk to him and see if he's open to the idea of me tagging along and documenting the, you know, the process of going out on a, a photo shoot or a photo safari or go out and, and, and shoot the wildlife and docu document that whole process. And then my thought was to take an image from that trip, from that, that adventure, you know, that experience and create a, a piece of artwork from that, from an actual image that uh, Jason took while we were together and documenting that and then show the creation of that piece and put it all together to tell, you know, tell the complete story of, of the, the work. And um, we did it, you know, Jason was excited about it. So I don't know if it was three or four days. It was, it was apparently Jason does this all the time and it's crazy, but all I remember is showing up. I think I showed up at his house in the middle of the night and we jumped in the car and just took off driving and, I stayed awake as long as I could, but I eventually passed, like <laughs> completely passed out. And he just he just kept driving me. And I woke up in the morning, and we were sitting just outside of Yellowstone National Park, and just right about at daylight. And then we went into the park, and we spent a, a day in there, and then stayed at a hotel one night, and then got up and did another day, I think. Right, Jason? And then yeah. and then came home. Yeah, got, yeah got I home think late, you're right. Yep. Late that night, so it was two and a half days or so. So was, what time of year was it? It was winter. It was just, uh, what was it? February, 1st of February, I think, just this past year. Yes, just this yep. past February. So what was the species? Buffalo. Well, we were, I mean, we're shooting. I mean, go ahead, Jason. No, I was going to say we were shooting whatever was available, right? Um, and uh, that was, you know, kind of when all this stuff with the, with the whole COVID thing was kind of just, you were hearing rumblings of it over there and, you know, the fact that it was spreading and so on and so forth. But um we really weren't worried too much about that at the time. And uh, yeah, we just spent two full days driving around the park and trying to make images. And 
I think we photographed um, coyotes, uh, bison, and a couple other things. I can't remember. Oh, we saw river otters. Sheep. No, I don't, we saw some sheep, sheep and elk, wild, elk yeah, as well. Sheep, elk. That's right. Yep. So, you know, we had a pretty good trip. And uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I think it was a, a successful trip. Um, I know that Joel's still working on the on the video side of it to get the the final piece put together, but actually I think it was the image that's behind you, right, Joel? The the yeah. piece of work behind you. Yeah, that's the that's the photo we ended up going with, and uh, that's the piece I created. So I've got I've got all the footage. I'm ready to edit it, and I was about to just go gangbusters on it, and then you know then COVID nineteen happened, <laughs> so it kind of <laughs> kind of threw me off track, and I was like, okay, I better. I better focus on some of this other stuff, get some, make sure I'm keeping some money coming in. And then, you know, I've been working, trying to find time to, to put that video together. Well, and editing is a big deal. It takes a lot of time if you want to, you know, you, you don't have to make it perfect, especially for YouTube. Right. It can have a little rough edge around it. It's fine. But it's, I don't, even if with rough edges, you're still looking at a lot of time to pour into one right. of these things. So I totally right. get where you're at. I mean, it's just a lot of work. Yeah. So how are you guys going to do this then? Is this something where um, someone could buy both prints? You buy the, so that is an original, right? Behind yeah, this is original. But you'll also do like a limited edition print run or you'll do right. something, you know, many variations, I'm sure. Right. Or maybe not. And then Jason, are you going to offer like a limited edition run of that image too or how are you guys talking that way so when you talk about collaborations and how mutually beneficial they are that's an example of that right and right. how yeah. are you guys going to do it yeah i mean I, I i like to keep it simple you know so what what we talked about is just you know we'll, we'll put the put the video out and then we'll you know we'll both gain exposure from the video and then at the end we'll direct traffic to both websites so if you want artwork, you know, if you want the fine art, charcoal, go to Joel's site. If you want the photography, go to Jason's site. And just you know, keep it yeah. simple, work it that way. I'm yeah. such an art connoisseur, and I don't care if it's a photograph or if it's a painting or if it's a drawing or if it's a whatever it is. I love that. And I think it'd be so cool to have the drawing and the, you know, one side of the room and then have the print on the other side of the room and then just be able to just like you just see each other's interpretation, right? And then with you being there, that had to be kind of cool because that just gives you a little bit more inspiration than working oh, yeah. from an actual print. It's yeah. I, if I could go to J with Jason on every trip, I know he doesn't want me there all the time. <laughs> <laughs> if I could, I would, you know, because it was it was such an awesome experience, and it gave me so much more insight into the the animals and their behavior, and then just the time and effort that Jason puts into it as well. Right. I mean, it was awesome experience. So I don't know if Jason's waiting for me to you know follow through on what i promised i would do and get this video together and put it out there but yeah i hope i hope there's opportunity to go and do it again because i got some really cool footage of of jason you know I've, i i'm i'm not a photographer but i did i with my marketing background you know i managed a creative team at mountain ops so we did a ton of photo shoots and video shoots and i was there for a lot of them so i i do have a little bit of experience and i, I think i was able to get some pretty cool images and pretty cool footage of jason out there shooting the wildlife and some nice b-roll stuff too so i'm excited to put it together i just gotta find the time to do it man. just <laughs> never enough time <laughs> well if he kicks you out i'll take you anytime you want to go 
Yeah, I'd love to. I'd love to just watch. I'd love to just watch you do what you do. I mean, that's what I guess that's what's all about the video, right? It's just cool to see this whole project and this whole collaboration kind of come together. So that is awesome to to bring those two worlds together. You know that they're already working together. Like, because like I said, almost any artist, any wildlife artist, it's it's doing this realistic kind of stuff. They're using they're using photo references, right? So to bring those two worlds together and show it. And for me to be able to go along with Jason and, and experience that, I mean, it's, it was cool. I, I could see doing a whole series and, you know, I got, <laughs> I got big ideas. But <laughs> that, you got to have big it. ideas. <laughs> Jason's taking these pictures, right? And you're observing and you're filming and you're doing everything. But then obviously you have time to sit there and watch that animal too. What is that ancillary thing that you pull back when you're actually sitting down to do the print? You're looking at what Jason produced then you're getting ready to do your thing. And, and do you think back to how cold it was? Was the wind blowing? Was the, what elements do you interject into that artwork that are beyond the image due to you actually being there? Is there, is there stuff that you think of right out of the gate or is that something that just comes to you as you're actually putting the piece together? That's, that's, that's a, that's an interesting question and kind of a tough one to answer. Cause I don't, I don't know if there's anything that I, focus in on and specifically, you know, try or force into it. But just, I know that after that experience, I had like a greater respect for the animal and just the awesomeness of, of the, you know, the bison just, and I, I've been close to bison before and, and, you know, experienced that, but to be there for that purpose specifically to, you know, be with Chase and to capture those images and with the knowledge that I was going to come home, and use one of those images to build into, you know, to create a, a piece of artwork. Well, I think it's, it's awesome. It's, I've had the opportunity, my uncle was an artist and we would try to collaborate on some stuff and we never actually got anything that actually went out there. But what I was able to learn by just hanging out with an artist was so valuable, you know, just looking at his eye and the way he interpreted things. And then the way that it kind of taught me to interpret things as I see it visually through a camera you know, because like I said earlier, I can't do anything when it comes to art. But I think that collaboration is so cool. And it's it, like I said, if you could put those two images side by side in a big room and they're both like 40 by 60, it's got to be an amazing sight. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll tell you, there's definitely something to be said for, you know, seeing the work in person, especially the uh, the originals. I mean, it's so amazing, the detail that's involved. And Joel, I mean, he really does bring that detail out. And, you know, being at the the hunting expos with him the last couple of years and seeing his work in person, it's it's incredible. I mean, and you can't get that. I mean, I mean, I think Joel does a really good job of trying to zoom in and trying to show the detail and in the whole process of doing that, the, the drawing, you know, creating the piece. But it's hard to appreciate that unless you can look at the whole thing up close and in person. And so I know why those originals move at the show, you know. But um, yeah, I don't know, man. Joel, you know, what do you look for when you're doing a, when you're looking for reference work? Is there something that really, you know, helps you as an artist or the type of image you're looking for? Or Yeah, yeah. And I think I found when we went on that trip to Yellowstone, I found that you, you and I look for a lot of the same things in an image, which maybe is one of the reasons we've, we've worked well together. But I, I look for something unique, you know, because there's so many images, so many paintings and drawings of elk, you know, just stand there bugling or 
or deer, you know, just stand there broadside and the head turned looking at you and that kind of stuff. So, and sometimes it's good to do those, you know, those traditional classic poses like that, but I like to do some, some more unique stuff as well. Um, and then lighting, lighting is, lighting's like, that, that's number one for me really, because it can make all the difference in the world. And, and we talked about this a little bit where a lot of times in photography, if you, if you get the more soft lighting, then you, it turns out you get a better image. But I found with, uh, and, and for color, you know, when I do my color paintings, a lot of times that works great too. But I found for black and white, if it's a little more harsh, you know, almost midday, dark shadows, hard lines and stuff like that, in the black and white, a lot of times those come out even better, a little more dramatic than the soft light. So yeah, lighting's huge. Composition, yeah, just uniqueness. I like to find find that unique pose. But I do. In fact, I just I've just finished a commission that was. It's kind of an action pose. It's a couple of dogs chasing a white-tailed deer. It was a custom commission for this guy, and it was fun to do. But I find that what I really love is, I guess you'd call it animal portraiture, where it's like a close-up on that you know, sing, singular animal and just showing the, the presence of that, right, full frame. And I, that's the kind of, that's my favorite kind of artwork to draw. And uh, maybe because it allows me to really get into more, more of the detail and the features of the animal, that kind of stuff. So, but uh, that's more of a preference. Do you have a, like a species that you like more than another? I mean, is it elk? You know, like Jason, we know Jason is elk. He loves shooting <laughs> elk, right? Do you have that one go-to where, you know, you see an, it's your species, but then you see that pose or that light construction or whatever it is that you're like, oh, I got to do that. Yeah, it's elk. I mean, it is. I, I've always loved elk. They've always been my favorite to draw. And um, now kind of from a financial standpoint as well, you know, you, this is what I do to support my family and elk, my, my elk pictures. So, you know, 20 to one over anything else. It's, it's crazy. You know, elk are just the number one selling animal species for me, and which, which is fortunate because it's my favorite to draw too. So, so that kind of worked out. But I have been having a lot of fun with bison. Um, I've done a, a couple of them now. I really enjoyed this one. I've done a couple of digital ones just recently. It's been so much fun now. I've got another big one, full-on, full-face bison piece that I want to do. I've got to work my way through a couple more commissions before I can get to it. But what what medium are you on there? Is that a canvas or is that like a piece of masonite that you paint on or what? It's canvas, and I, I've moved to that just uh, just recently, just in the last four or five months. You know, charcoal's great on, on paper, but there's just something more, so much more substantial feeling about about working on canvas. And it's more difficult to work on. It's harder to hold the detail, which was kind of my intention, because I've been trying to loosen up a little bit with my artwork, you know, developing my style further. And moving to the canvas kind of forced me to loosen up some because you just can't hold the tight detail that I used to. I started out, my black and white work started out with pencil graphite drawing. And it was just every minute little detail because you get such a fine point on your pencil, you could get everything. And then I moved to charcoal, which I love way more than I ever loved graphite. But you can't get as much detail with charcoal, so it forced me to kind of develop my style further. And now going to canvas has, you know, the surface that I'm drawing on has pushed it another level in that direction. And I like it. I really, really like the look of the canvas, especially when I, you know, I can capture that in the prints as well. So when they print out on paper, it still looks like the canvas that the original is done on. And I, I just think it has a cool effect. 
And then do you stretch your own canvases and gesso them yourself or do you actually just go and get a gessoed canvas and just go to work? Yeah, I just, I've tried uh, quite a few different brands and there's some that I, I like better because I work a lot subtractively. Um, I don't know why. It's just the way I love to work. I do it digital, my digital art and then my, my charcoal art as well, where I'll, I'll put down a layer of charcoal and then I'll go back in with the kneaded eraser and pull out the highlights, erase the charcoal to pull out the highlights. And I don't know if my brain's just wired that way or what, but I just, I love working that way. There's something on Instagram. Your latest Instagram post is exactly, the, or maybe it's not the one of the latest ones. It's, it's that reversal. Because yeah. I was watching it and you just see this completely dark bison and then you just start yeah. seeing all this stuff come away and it just, it's phenomenal. It just, boom, there it is. Yeah. And I don't, when I started doing the fine art stuff, I, I did, uh, I was doing a lot of white charcoal or white paint on a black um, paper or black canvas. And I loved working that way. And that's kind of where I started doing that. And then I found when I was doing my digital art, I'm like, well, what? Something just doesn't feel right. So I started doing that, you know, just covering all the black and then working subtractively and taking the highlights out. And I'm like, oh, that's, that, that feels so much better. That's just, I guess that's just the way, the way I like it, the way I like to work. You know, every, every artist has their own techniques and their own processes. And I guess that's, that's something I found that works for me. Right. Do you get a chance to like confer with other art? You know, like I love shooting with Jason because he'll do something and I'll see it and I'll be like, oh, that's brilliant. Or, oh, I'm, I like the way he's looking at the light here. And, you know, because I look at it differently or whatever. I'm sure it's the same way as, as an artist where you watch somebody else do something and you see a technique or you see a. Is there a lot of that kind of thing that goes on for you or you or do you find yourself just, you know, what I just I'm constantly discovering new things as you go. I mean, I, I do a lot of research in that way. I look at other artists and what they're doing. Um, I go a lot outside of the wildlife art industry and look at, you know, different artists doing different things. And I mean, that's how a lot of the techniques I use in charcoal, I've just learned, picked up from observing other artists on, you know, YouTube tutorials and, you know, different things like that. And I take those techniques and what I see them do and it's funny, I always, I try it the way they do it, and it never quite works the way I want it to, but I'll take that idea, you know, and that concept, and I'll have to, I make my own adjustments and, you know, change things up, and it it, it, it always comes out a little different than the way they did it, but it's saying, you know, they, their idea, their technique got me started down that path to figure out my way of doing it similar, but uh, yeah, there's, I mean, I, I follow a lot of artists, I look at a lot of, their, a lot of stuff for inspiration, and ideas and I, there's not from what i've found personally there's not a lot of interaction between fine artists there's very few that that i talk to um there's a couple that you know through just through instagram we message each other um ryan kirby's one of them he's a killer artist just does an amazing job ed anderson he's you know we've chatted a few times through instagram just a couple of those and casey scott he's amazing marine life artist but uh yeah other other than you know, a handful that I've chatted with mostly through uh, social media or email. It's, it's kind of interesting. There's not a lot, not a lot of interaction going on from what I can tell. Maybe that's my fault. You know, I don't, I don't reach out a lot. <laughs> so that, that might be my fault that that happens. But, but the ones that I have talked to, it's been, it's been cool to, you know, chat with them and just kind of talk a little bit about the struggles, you know, of being an artist. Right. It's not easy. That's for sure. And, and you definitely have to be talented to make it a go, just like yeah. a, as a photographer as well. What 
should a photographer look at in a collaboration with an artist? I mean, there's no roadmap. There's no book that says this is how you do it. Um, I'm sure there's a million different ways to set up an arrangement, but I know I get requests all the time from an artist that says, Hey, I want to produce a sculpture, but I want to use this image as inspiration for that sculpture, or I want to produce this drawing or whatever. Is there a, a rule that you follow that just says, okay, well, I'm going to use, obviously let's just use you and Jason as an, as an example. You're out there, Jason, you're out there spending time, money, all this stuff. You got all this gear you're getting the image, so you've got money invested. Yep. Same situation when you then get the actual image, Joel. You get you've got all this time and effort and all this stuff going into it. Is there a monetary arrangement? Is it? And I'm I'm sure that like I said, there's no right or wrong answer. I'm not looking for you to put out exact things, but what should photographers look for when when they're either talking to an artist or an artist has reached out to them? From from what I understand, what I've seen, my experience, there's no rule. I mean, there's just not every every photographer that I've reached out to has wanted to go about it a little different. You know, some some want uh, payment up front, some want a royalty off of uh, prints sold, some some just want credit and exposure. You know, so it's uh, it's all over the place. <laughs> right. I, I, and I think it's because it's been happening for a long time, right? Artists have been working with photographers for reference, but I think the whole social media thing is put a new spin on it where um, it's just, you know, like with most things, social media has changed the, the process and how it can work. So I just, for me, I make sure I give credit where credit is due, you know, and fortunately I have a, I have a decent following. So, you know, there's, there's some value in that for me to say, yes, I, you know, this was the, photographer that i used for the reference and then they they're able to get that exposure through my audience right so but yeah no no real rules i just anytime i approach a photographer i do it with an open mind and just see what they're willing to do and what they want to do and how they want to work together and, you know most photographers have been really great and really easy to work with and i try to repay that in kind yeah, I'm really excited about this project, Joel. I am kind of waiting for you to <laughs> to get her edited it up. But I mean, I, I'm just excited about it because I haven't seen anything like it out. You know, I mean, it's I think this is the first thing of its kind that I can even that I'm aware of where you're bringing the whole story together. And uh, I think it's I think it could be really powerful and it'll be a really neat story. I'm excited to see it. So Me too. I want to get to it because I. I'll be honest, I'm hoping it makes us a little bit of money, too. <laughs> <laughs> At the end of the day, that's right. the most important part, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, that's, it's not the only reason I do it, but it's a big part of it because I, I got a lot of hungry mouths to feed here at home, so got to put <laughs> food on the table. What's the evolution? What's on the horizon for you? I mean, obviously, you've evolved from graphite to charcoal to what exactly is this process that you did this one on? This was charcoal? This is a combination of charcoal and acrylic because I've done, I've done all charcoal and then I've done all acrylic and then I was playing with some different uh, techniques and different ideas on the, the acrylic and, and charcoal together. And I liked it. It's, it's really tricky to work with. It's, it's not an easy process. So I, I actually don't feel like I've quite got it down yet. So I'm, I'm going to keep doing some exploring on it. But I'm, you know, at the same time, I'm going to keep doing the complete charcoal pieces and I've got some ideas for some new acrylic paintings as well, and that that's fun because it keeps it keeps it fresh for me, mixes things up, and it's not just one one medium all the time every day. 
Right. So and then and then throwing the digital stuff in there really keeps it keeps things interesting as well. Is there a way to create this? Well, I know there's a way to do it, but have you gone down the road where you create a cool digital, you know, drawing, your digital art piece of art, then transfer that to the canvas, then take your touch, you know, not the digital touch, but your your actual touch to then just turn it into a whole new piece of art? That's a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> no, I haven't. I've, I've thought of, you know, taking some of my, my digital artwork and, you know, creating a poster and, and creating prints from those. I, you know, there's a lot of artists out there that... That's all they do is just digital work and sell poster prints of them. But yeah, I'd actually uh, transfer the digital onto a canvas and then, you know, do it. Yeah, like acrylic wash or something over top of it. Right. That can be cool. I might have to try that. <laughs> <laughs> that, I, that idea was free. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I want to see it. Just, a, just let me see what a, you're doing. Because that would be a cool video too, right? Because you could start from the computer, then end with this magical piece that's it's all hand touched yeah. that, that would be amazing yeah that could be cool awesome well did you have something else jason you know maybe just one more because i know it's something that's common that comes up quite a bit when we talk to other folks that are trying to you know decide if they want to make that leap into doing you know following their passion and doing whether it's artistry or, or photography or whatever it might be but you know kind of taking that leap of faith and just going full bore and you know making it happen um maybe just tell us a little bit about what you know your thought process was when you finally did that and you know some of the risks that you were worried about and you know what did it what did it take what was the what's your advice i guess for folks that are trying to decide to make that decision well your situation plays such a huge part in that like like i said you know the background that i gave you there's some a summary and i left out a few pieces one of those was when i went to work for the it company as a project manager it was a poor decision and I, the guy I went to work for, I, I should have known better because it was about nine months later that he was out of business. So I was, it was kind of sink or swim for me. Fortunately, I'd had a couple years as an artist, as a graphic designer. So I had that background and that experience. So I was able to, I was able to fall back on that, but it was, it was difficult. But I was excited too. It was, it was a weird time in my life because I should have been scared to death, but I wasn't. <laughs> I was excited. And I came up with this idea because all of my work so far in art had been in the screen printing world with T-shirts. So, but I had this idea, because I always wanted to be a wildlife artist. I always wanted to draw, you know, do fine art. So I took, uh, went and did some pencil drawings of some mule deer and elk and a bear and a bison and that kind of stuff. And I transferred it onto a, a silk screen, like for printing T-shirts. And then I took a piece of sheetrock and I busted up around the edge of the sheetrock and peeled the paper back off of it. And then I hit it, covered it with some stain and then wiped the stain off. And it ended up looking almost like a, a slab of rock or a slice out of a log. And then I took those and set up my, just a one color screen print station in my garage. Or that, at that time, it was in my basement. And just screen printed it and did a whole bunch of those and went to the, I think it was the Riverton City Arts Fair or something like that down south end of Salt Lake <laughs> County. I actually sold quite a few of them there. So I started doing more of that, hit a couple more art shows. I was still doing some graphic designs. I was having so much success. Well, so much success. <laughs> I felt like I was, looking back on it, I was crazy. At the time, I felt like I was having success. But I wanted to develop a way to mass produce them. So, because breaking the sheetrock was just taking forever. So I, I went and got some molds made. I made some some pieces out of sheetrock. I forgot the term for it, to build like the mold. Tem like templates? To cast a mold. Um, then got a mold and I was doing it in some poly resin 
and we were pouring them. I had I had my little brother and a couple other kids from my neighborhood down the basement pouring these resin plaques and screen printing them. And I walked into a sportsman's warehouse and showed them to them and got a meeting with the buyer and they took them and they bought, I can't even remember how many, a couple thousand of them, I think over, over the next six months. And that was, that was perfect. It got to the point where it was just, it was so much work. And I started to realize that I wasn't, there wasn't a ton of profit, as much profit as I thought there might be in it. So I ended eventually ended up abandoning it, but that just that, that little innovative idea kind of gave me just enough cash flow because the whole time I was doing that, I was also building my clientele on the digital side. And that just kind of bridged that gap from the time that I lost my job to where I could go full time on my client, you know, graphic design work. So it, uh, yeah, for me, it was sink or swim and I had to get innovative and you know, inventive with it and creative. I've always, I've always said there's so many artists that limit their creativity to their artwork. And if you're going to do it as full time as a profession and make a living at it, you've got to take that creativity. You got to apply it to the, you, first you got to consider your art a business and then you got to take your creativity and apply it to the business side of things. At least that's what I've tried to do and it's worked for me. You know, and everybody's journey is a little bit different, right? So, I mean, that's why I was wondering, but you know, what's the funny is the common theme and Mike says it all the time. You just got to kind of jump in and, you know, that drive of, of needing to, you know, make something happen is what's going to make it happen for you. So, yeah, you can, you can only do it on the side for so long. It, yeah. it inevitably comes to a point where you gotta, you gotta make that choice yeah. and you gotta jump in and there's always going to be, unless, unless you've inherited a ton of money or something like that, there's always going to be that, <laughs> that point where you've got to, you know, take that risk and give up what you're doing over here so you can do what you really want to do full time. So I know, I already know the answer to this because we've talked about it before, but I I would imagine that it can be difficult sometimes to part with some of those originals because I know that they kind of mean something to you. So maybe a little bit about that. And then is there, is there one print that you've done one original that was like your favorite that just was, was the hardest to let go? (laughs) It's, it's almost like you're selling a piece of yourself when, when that original goes out the door. And I mean, there's something cool about it. it's a lot of mixed emotions when when I sell an original and I ship it because, I mean, it's great to have the money coming in. The relief comes with the financial side of it. Um, but, yeah, there's there's definitely an emotional attachment that that happens as you create, you know, an original a piece like that. And to see it go, it almost feels like a piece of you is walking out the door. And then on the other hand, that's cool, too, because now you know that that piece of you is going to be out there in the world somewhere and somebody else is going to enjoy it. And people, other people are going to see it hanging on their wall and they're going to enjoy it. So it's, it's a whole big bag of mixed emotions, <laughs> but I, you know, but I, but I love it. And, and there's some of that with the prints, but obviously with an original, it's so much more meaningful. Yeah. Every piece means something, you know, but uh, probably the one that's most special to me right now. And I still have it. I haven't sold it. I value it higher probably because it means more to me, but it's, <laughs> it's my, it's my first acrylic painting. First time I ever tried painting, you know, in color. And it was just a year ago, January was the first time I tried it. And that piece turned out so cool. And it was just, it kind of, it was a surprise to me how cool it turned out. Cause I'm like, Holy cow, I can do this. You know, I can, <laughs> I can paint. <laughs> and so that was my first original painting and i've still got it hanging on the wall right over here it is for sale but uh 
if that one never sells, I don't know that I'll be that sad about it. And what's what's the subject in it? It's an elk. It's okay. uh, it's called Last Call, and it's uh, yeah, it's bugle and bull. Got the mist coming out of the mouth, and it's a, one of from one of Jason's uh, reference images. But uh, I know the five, one you're talking about. Yeah, it's Sorry. a five by it's a five by six, which I thought was kind of cool too, kind of unique about it. Well, I'll just I'll just give a plug for uh, it's it's tough times right now for all of us. But there are a few people that are still working and are fortunate to be working right now. And I know that I'm hearing a lot of the you know rumblings around out there about folks trying to do things to support you know people that are trying to make a living, especially in the way that you are, for example. Um, so I would just give a plug that if you you know are sitting at home and bored and looking at the walls a lot and <laughs> you might have some empty space there, you know buying a piece of work from Joel, whether it's a print or an original, is a really good way to to kind of support the you know the local artist and kind of keep some of those other folks in work and, and, uh, you know, making, making a living. So, um, Joel, how do we, how do people get a hold of you? Uh, my website is joelpilcherart.com. And then you can message me through Instagram. My Instagram is Joel Pilch, J O E L P I L C H. And then Facebook's Joel Pilcher Art. And then, uh, email is joel at joelpilcherart.com. You know, I think we've talked about like your, your originals could be what six forty by sixty, and they could be four or five. I don't even know what the top end is. You know, four or five, six thousand, ten thousand dollars, right? But if you look at your website, you've got offerings for all price ranges, so you don't have to feel like, oh, I, there's no way I don't have four thousand dollars that I can drop on it. As much as I'd like to, I just can't afford that. Yeah. You can pick up a really nice print for. I think I was looking on your website earlier, eighty-five bucks, right? Yeah. Yeah, even you know, sixty-five or lower for some of the smaller ones. And I, I worked really hard in the development of the prints to find you know the highest quality material, the highest quality printing, at the most reasonable price that I could because I wanted you know I love sharing my artwork and I wanted to make it affordable and available to you know anybody that wants to enjoy it. And yeah, the the originals are priced high up there, but and they're not as high as some, <laughs> believe me. But uh, <laughs> but the prints, I've tried to keep the price down so that so that people can enjoy it because that's you know that makes me happy. Well, we'll put links in the show notes to all of your all of your stuff, your Instagram, and I think I saw some stuff on Facebook. And then, do you actually have the YouTube channel up and running yet, or are you just getting ready to launch that? I've got it. It's you know Joel Pilcher Art YouTube channel. It's up there too, and I've got a couple of videos on it, but okay. not much yet. I've been doing some testing and trying to figure out how I want to edit all this footage together. And that video editing is a whole nother animal. You need an intern. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it's been a pleasure talking with you. I've learned so much. That's cool. I've appreciated the time, you know, coming on and talking with you guys. It's been, been a good little chat. You guys are, you guys are cool. You've been listening to the wild and exposed podcast. If you haven't yet, please give us a rating and a review and make sure you're subscribed so that you'll get every episode we produce as soon as we drop it. And as always, thanks for tuning in. We got a windows down, driving on a 405, sing along to the radio. Mm-mm. We're gonna make it someday. Nothing's gonna get in our way. We will be the biggest band in time. Round around the world we'll go